It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Welcome to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Uh, my guest in this episode is one of the most accomplished elite athletes we've ever produced here in WA, if not in Australia. Uh, she is a multiple-time world champion. Uh, in fact, during a period of the late 80s into the mid-90s, she was just about unbeatable in her chosen sport, and it is a gruelling sport that she chose to pursue uh, several years ago. Many of her world records still stand today, uh, and she's still doing great things, even though uh, her elite days perhaps are behind her. It's a great pleasure to say hello and welcome to Shelley Taylor-Smith. Hello, Shelley. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's lovely to be here with you today. It's it's about time we got you in. <laughs> Tim. Oh, Tim, you're very kind. <laughs> um, you've even got a fairy named after you as well, which we'll get onto uh, <laughs> a little bit later. Um, are you still swimming much? Oh, look, I spend more time on the pool deck trying to avoid getting wet from my swimmers. Getting then, other um, people to hurry up and swim faster. Yeah, yeah. And um, getting back into it, with the, which I'll share a little bit more with you later on, I suppose, yeah. during our time. But, um, yeah, I just – I love coaching and, mm. and just it's – I'm really – I'm still wet, you know, in one, yeah. one way or another. Yeah. It must feel like home or your second home being in the water, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, it's it's strange, you know, because I started swimming only because my sister, not only, but my sister was an asthmatic, and I, yep. do, I thought I'd do the big sister thing and and go keep her company and blow, you know, learn to blow bubbles with her down at Madam's Pool in North Beach. Yeah, and those good old days with uh, the vacation swimming lessons, which are still happening at Madam's Beach at Madam's Pool, I believe. Beautiful spot. Yeah, so I don't ever think myself that you know it was natural, but the progression into coaching which wasn't selected for me. Someone, you know, dragged me into it. Um, and I thought, do you think I'll be any good at it? And <laughs> Bill Kirby, Olympic gold medalist, hello. Uh, Kirby Swim said, come and, you know, coach my Rotto Solo squad. And I said, do you reckon I'll be any good? Can I do that? <laughs> shell, shell, shell. So, yeah, so that's how I really got into coaching. Yeah. What are your early memories then? You, you said you sort of first got into the water to support your sister. How, mm. how old were you guys then? Oh, I think my sister was four and I was five. Right. Liz had, um, had asthma. Uh, yep. We nearly lost her at, at Princess Margaret Hospital. Right. So so bad asthma. Yeah, really yep. bad asthma. I can just remember going to hospital all the time in the middle of the night with mum and dad. And um, and my other swimming days are uh, Swan River. Mm. You know, the jellyfish. Um, they've become my mates, my <laughs> friends all over the years. And, well, they're um, still there. <laughs> they are. And uh, they still let you know they're there too, which, <laughs> um, which is, a, you know, a funny thing as well. But yeah. I can just remember my younger days. You know, we used to always swim in the river. We mm. didn't have open water races like we do today in the ocean. Um, we had the one was at Rottnest, not too Rottnest back then. 
and we swam, you know, all along the Swan River at mm. different places, Maylands as far up as uh, Maylands. So it was, you know, it, uh, the water, I've always been near it. Oh, I know. Uh, Swan River, uh, Como, dragging the net with mum and dad, the prawn net. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then the eight-gallon you know, eight gallon drum, you know, <laughs> cooking them and, and peeling them and having them straight on the white bread with heaps of butter and white oh, vinegar, yeah. pepper. Can't beat it. You can't beat it. Great days. It, it sounds like your first proper experiences in the water, though, were in open water, Madam's Pool uh, yeah, or yeah. in the river. It's really strange, isn't it? Because I suppose, you know, people who are promising junior swimmers tend to end up, you know, swimming 50 metre lengths of a, of a, of a sanitised pool, not sort of in the, you know, in the great open water. Um, for you, was it, can you trace it back to those early days where you obviously felt very at home you know, having waves crash into you and having to battle currents and all of that. I, I can remember the swim through Perth where it started in Matilda Bay. We finished at uh, Barrett Street Jetty mm. at the rowing club. And um, it, was a, it was a handicap race. And I was off scratch, mm. you know, one year. And then I was off scratch female. And then when I was off scratch, scratch, male yeah. and female. And I, I came through first overall. Yeah. That was 12. Yeah. Uh, 13, I think it was. And I was like, and, and I look back now and go, maybe that was a sign, but I didn't. The, I didn't know what was happening around the world. Yeah. That there was a world in marathon swimming mm. that had been going for cent, you know, a number of years, decades. Mm. How's your sister's asthma now? Still bad. Yeah. And she still hates swimming. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep saying, "Come swim, nah, nah." You, and she gets in and she looks just as good as always. You know, yeah. she was a natural. I was the lousy <laughs> one. I was pathetic. Well, to... look, your records might suggest otherwise. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Jelly. that but, that Tim. That's just uh, showing up, doing it, and repeating. You well, know, I mean, just keep doing you, it. You're putting it very mildly, but I mean, you had your own physical challenges mm. as well as a kid, didn't you? Scoliosis was something. Yeah. Uh, you battled, mm. uh, and and perhaps still do. Scoliosis is not an ideal condition to have when you're a, a swimmer, given how you know much of the movement is oh, is, yeah. is going through your your back. How did you? How did you take that diagnosis and then work um, with it? Pretty tough because they wanted to put a rod in my spine and I knew that I would never be swimming or tumble turning or starting again. Mm. So I did a deal with mum and dad at a very young age and um, I said, I'm prepared to do whatever it takes. So preparing to do whatever it takes with a back brace made of steel where mum would put her foot in the middle of my back every morning out of the pool or out of the shower and strap me in, you know. I was very happy to jump in the water wherever I was just to get free. Yeah. And actually, when I look back, swimming is actually what has kept me, swimming's kept my vertebra flexible. Otherwise, I would have ended up in a wheelchair for sure. Uh, people often say growing up with a, a policeman for a, a father is is tough. Was it tough for you? Oh, I used to love the rides in the police car in the morning yeah. to the pool. You know, Dad put the siren on. and he, <laughs> Because, you know, I'd be ready in the car and, yeah. you know, come on, Dad, you know, get your cup of tea. We've got to go. We've got to go. We're in the car, you know, and we're reversing out, you know, and I've got the cap and goggles on, you know. I, I, had, I went to bed at night with my bathers on. I mean, that's how keen I like swimming. Wow. And we get to the pool first and Dad goes, well, you know, I said, no, I'll be right. You go, you know, and, you know, don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> 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 but you know that those things were very they were very a lot of fun times and and uh, great days growing up when you yeah. had that family that was really into your sport as much as my family were and the, and the, the swimming community you know that was a very tight era mm. in swimming with Neil Brooks and mm. and John Kalazalu and you know there was a lot of you know um, Bill Kirby now was you know you know just coming out of nappies when I was swimming as a kid yeah. So, so where did you do most of your swimming growing up? Oh, um, Beatty Park. From, at Beatty Park. Yeah, yeah, Beatty yeah. Park. That was my 
that was my training pool. Yeah, absolutely. Even right up to the World Championships in 91, that was my training pool. Yeah. Uh, you know, always there in the morning, always there in the afternoon. Learned to wolf whistle with Neil Brooks sitting out, <laughs> outside waiting for our parents to pick us up. I mean, you have those kind of, those those memories. Trudel Swimming Club, you know, we won three A-grade pennants back to back. And I was um, with Greg Mickle. We were, I was captain with him. And, you know, and then City of Perth Swimming Club and all the amazing Olympians coming mm. out in WA and from our swimming club, City of Perth. So, yeah, great, great era in swimming. Mm. And I loved, I loved when we catch up, it's like yesterday. Yeah. You know, and you, swimming's a very different sport. You know, you've only got a, in those days it was nylon. Nowadays it's lycra. It's even thinner. Mm. And you've got like 20 people in a lane. Back then we had no lane ropes. And so there'd be 50 of us in the pool, 60 of us. And... And hormones just go nuts, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds, and some were 16, 17. So, you know, it's a sport like no other, and you've got to learn to communicate. You know, if you can't get like on with people. there are stories that get told at the pub about this that maybe we can't talk about right here. <laughs> no, no, it was all clean, clean, <laughs> all clean fun. <laughs> I mean, they talk about it being a lonely sport at times, and, you know, it's just you following the black line up and back, up and back. Um, I mean, when you move then from the pool to the open water, you don't even have the black line for company. Yeah, it's interesting so because... How, um, did, how and why did you make that transition? Well, I was in um, America, so yeah. I was a distance swimmer in the pool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had world record holders, Tracy Wickham, Jenny Turrell, you know, doing world records in, 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 in the same heat or final at national championships that yeah. I was in. I was finishing sixth, seventh or eighth. And it was really amazing that I was a distance swimmer. And so when I went to college in America, I, at 21, at um, I got offered a scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, pig suey. And once again, Neil Brooks, he said, you know, he was over there and he put the word out for me and I filled out the application and uh, Bernie Mulroy, my coach here in Perth, was communicating because we only had the telephone in that day and it was the one that was connected to the wall, <laughs> um, you know, in you the your fingers to dial yes. one, you yes. know, turn the circle one number at a time. <laughs> I remember. Oh, that's good, Tim, um, <laughs> that you remember. And so, you know, we had that conversation going back and forth and sending, you know, writing out paperwork and sending in the good old mail. Mm. You know, and it was going to America, so it took a while. But, yeah, I got offered a scholarship and that's where I got into um, distance swimming. And it, was a, and it was interesting because I still wasn't in open water. Mm. I was swimming the 500 yards, the 1,000 yards and the 1650 in a 25-yard pool which was smaller than a 25-metre pool. So and that's my, a lot of tumble turns oh, and a lot of stress on a on a back that's got skeletal yeah. issues, right? Yeah. And then the following year, um, I met a man called Sam Freeze, mm -hmm. and our pre-season pre training was taking us out to Beaver Lake. And uh, there we were. Yeah, we won't go there. And uh, Tim, you're the one that started this. Oh, yes. I said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> oh dear. And um, switch hats. And so, yeah, so we're out there and I come in before the boys and, you know, our coach was, you know, he'd been kicked out of Mill Point, you know, West Point, sorry, West Point uh, Academy in, in America. And so we're doing these crazy things that you wouldn't be allowed to do in sport today. You know, we'd, that'd be child abuse or adult abuse now. Mm. And um, so we're towing the boat. We've got ropes around our waist and we're swimming, you know, those, wow. like, you know, they do in the backyard pool yeah. now, but yeah. not with someone that's, you know, 150 kilos in the boat yeah. that we're towing. So the whole squad's <laughs> pulling along. And then there's one day we just swam to the end of the lake and back and it was about three mile, 5K, and I came back before the boys. And I wasn't screaming, you know, oh, oh, what's that? You know, everybody was like, where's the black line or... 
oh, yeah. that's a twig or mm. that's a branch or, oh, what's that? You know, where I was just, I felt like I was at home in the swan, really. Yeah. And I came back before the boys and my coach said, oh, you want to have a bet? She didn't cheat. She's from down under. They're not full <laughs> of it. And the boys went, yeah, I bet, I bet. So the coach said, okay, we'll have a bet then. So I set up, they set up the the course a week later and I set my first American record and world race record over uh, a six, 6.4K, four mile. There you go. Yeah. And the open water career was born. Well, yeah, it was quite funny because, you know, I had a, um, I always had, I'd always been taught that if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. So um, I had my checklist in the morning of the swim, I woke up and I'd had this dream the night before that I was going to do something. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything about this sport, marathon swimming, open water swimming. And I, I had felt goosebumps and I was going to do something amazing. Mm. So I went through my checklist and I didn't have anything there to celebrate success. So, you know, you should always celebrate your small wins, whatever they're going to be. And um, I came out, I broke my first world race record. I was in the relay that broke it. The guys broke their relay record. And um, on the way to the, the swim at Beaver Lake, I went to the bottle shop, the liquor store and bought champagne, put it in the cooler, the esky. You were prepared. On ice in the boot of my car. And, I, you know, you're breaking a world record. You're high-fiving. You're woo-woo-woo, you know. And you're popping the cork. And my coach goes, where'd you get that? And I said, coach, you're never going to believe it. I had this dream. You know, you told me if I failed a plan, I plan a fail. So I thought I'd better have this to celebrate just in case, you know. And he goes, bloody Aussies, bloody Aussies. <laughs> any excuse for a drink. <laughs> oh, well, any, any excuse to celebrate, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. And plenty more to celebrate throughout your uh, incredible career. We need to take a break, though, Shelley. We'll let you catch your breath uh, and we'll get into it, including your feet, one of your many, becoming the first West Australian to, to complete a solo uh, channel swim as well. One of your many accomplishments over your career. This is Inspiring Stories. Shelley Taylor-Smith is our special guest. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Champion open water swimmer Shelley Taylor-Smith is our special guest. Shelley, we'll get to your uh, first-time feat for a West Australian crossing the English Channel in just a moment. But uh, just on your time at the University of Arkansas, where you really started to explore uh, that open water swimming in a big way, um, a couple of famous people that you came across on the campus there? Oh, Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen? Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he, he was an Arkansas Razorback. He was pretty good. Uh, yeah, a guy that, uh, yeah, just, yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, right. Another, a lot of athletes, yeah, international I athletes bet. that came to Arkansas. Yep. Um, the University of Arkansas had NC, NC2A championship program mm-hmm. that was awarded oh, for like 10, 15 years straight. So when mm. you go to the campus, you actually see these these flags flying, and that is for the overall athletic program at Arkansas. And um, so, you know, wonderful people that I've had the opportunity to meet and play with a bit, like mm. John Daly, the golfer, yep. and um, serve food to uh, Hillary and Bill Clinton. It's obviously from Arkansas, but how and why? They were just visiting the campus, were they? Yeah, um, Hillary was very much into um, – he. Uh, uh, Bill Clinton was governor at the time, yep. and Hillary was very much into education and trying to push Arkansas up from being mm. the lowest paid professionals um, in the USA. And, yeah, so, you know, 
Hillary would be doing her thing and Bill would be kind of, you know, there. And I was the head waitress. I promise I only served him food. <laughs> and um, I had a green card in the sense I, I was a legal alien so I could work on campus. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was always waitressing and things like that. And yeah. so I had the opportunity. He'd say, you've got an accent, girl. And I'd go, no, mate, you've got the accent. <laughs> yeah, it's all you. <laughs> and I'd always see him. So we struck up a, a you know, we'd always say hi. And he, yeah. and he was very charismatic and had a brilliant memory and always made you feel like you're the only woman in the room. Yeah. Were you studying at the same time? Obviously, you weren't just there to oh. explore swimming. What were you studying and how, yeah. how much of your time were you able to actually dedicate to your studies? Well, it was one of those things. When you're an athlete on a scholarship, you have to – it's a it's a balance. You, mm. you know, if your grades aren't um, above a C, you go home. Right. So I switched, um, I switched majors from uh, computer science, which I always wanted to do, and it's a physical education, which I could never get into UWA here So in Perth. So when I went there, I ended up switching because computers were always crashing. And I went into phys ed and it was amazing. I ended up graduating with honours and dean's list. And I just loved to study. And I think it's different when you're a bit older, you know, in your 20s. You have a, you know, it's like a second opportunity. When I got the scholarship after coming back from a car accident and everything and got the scholarship to America after mm. I retired it. 17, you know, and then coming back and having that second opportunity, you kind of, your, your focus is a little bit yep. more. You're a bit wiser. Yeah, you're wiser, you're driven. I was yep. the oldest one on campus um, in in my in the swim team, you know. Mm. I was the only one legally of mm. age to drink. So, yeah, my uh, driver's licence got used a lot because in those <laughs> days it didn't have a photo on it. So <laughs> everybody's going, nah, the guy at the door's going, nah, you, no, you definitely do not sound Australian. <laughs> Out of the bubble of that campus life in Arkansas, mm. when did you start thinking, I've got to go and swim in all these different yeah. bodies of water all over the world? I want to start conquering these feats. Well, the I mean, the channel, for instance, yeah. you know, people had swum, no one from WA had swum the channel no. uh, so solo. I, I had, um, I just set that record, and my coach came up to me the next morning and said, come here. And I thought, oh, shit, I'm in trouble because I'm the only one legally of age to drink. And I had that champagne in the boot of the car <laughs> and, oh, God, I'm in trouble. And he said, no, 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 you've got the potential to be a world marathon swimming champion. And I'm yep. going, what is that? And I'm thinking, you know, Des Renford, Linda McGill, John Curry in Australia, put on 20 pounds and grease up and go swim the channel. That's all I knew. And he said, no, mm. no, no, no. It's a bit longer than um, 1,500. <laughs> um, it'll be as short as 25K, could go up to 100K. And he didn't even mention the English Channel. He just said there's races around the world. And when you race, um, you know, they've been going for ages. But when you race, you're racing men and women together and they pay you money. And I thought, great, this will help me get me through school, have a little bit of cash on the side for when I want to get back to Australia. So that's how I got into it. And after that world record, he sent me off to this island, um, which uh, went to California. And I couldn't get into this particular swim. So he sent me up to this other swim, which was... Um, New York City, and he said, "Look, there's an island. There's a lot to look at, and that was Manhattan Island." And um, <laughs> yeah, you might have heard of it. Yeah, 1984, <laughs> and that's how it all kind of began. And I was finishing first female, third overall, then, and then the following year went out to California. I finished first overall, and the guys went off to hospital with hypothermia, and I was left standing on the dais. And people kept saying, "Oh my God, it's a girl! It's a girl!" So I kind of, I was, I was really enjoying that solitude. Training by myself. Yeah. So I had been doing that as a child in Perth with City of Perth because I was always in the lane for distance swimming with Neil Brooks and there was no one else there. It was just us and then all the, all the water polo players beating me up. 
<laughs> and you guys know who you are that are listening. Um, then, you know, it was it was fun days. It really helped me in open water swimming how to hold my own. Yeah. Um, when you're being, you know, Mother Nature's throwing you around. But also when swimmers are trying to get a bit rough and tough with you. It, I mean, it, it just seems like beyond gruelling. I mean, swimming a long way is, is, is not for everyone. But doing it in the open water for yeah. a very long way in your case... Um, oh, I mean, what, just what, amazing. What are you, what are you thinking about yeah. when you're out there? It's 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 incredible. Um, I think this is where all my you know where, where all my resilience came from. Yeah. Childhood, you know, um, things not going well with my back, and then losing my dad at 15, and all of those things, and then going to America and not being able to come home. You kind of you get a bit of res- is you know nothing's you know I'm not smooth around the edges. You know I've had to toughen up and being raised tough uh, as with you know a strict upbringing. And then going in the open water, it's like she's trying to teach you something. But I was able to relax and just go with the flow. Mm. And I used to go out there and go, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, you know, how much more can you make it hurt for me? You know, and it sounds quite mentally unwell and it is unhinged <laughs> because. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I can now say that, you know, me, I know don't feel pain. Yeah. Because I used to block it out. And, you know, my sports psychologist just went, that's not normal. And it, now that you've spent some time coaching, can you teach that? Or yeah, is... I do. I called it the champion mindset. The most yeah. important six inches of your body is the distance between your ears. Mm. And, you know, all those swimming to rotness. Tolerance to pain, though. That's, mm. I mean, that's something that. I think people get a, a handle on very early in life, don't they? Yeah. You, but you're saying that you're able to shift that. Yeah, and I teach that when I'm teaching, whether I'm coaching swimmers, Manhattan, the Australian Triple Crown, the the World Triple Crown, the English Channel, or, or Toronto. You know, mm. ordinary West Australians just like me, you know, come in and they say, do you think I could swim Toronto? I go, of course you can. And I say, just show up, do it, repeat. And they kind of look at me. And then they realise as they go through the program and then come, you know, I say to them, you know, come that day, the start in the third week of February, as you look out over Toronto, the distance is six inches. Mm. And because, you know, it's here. It doesn't matter how many people are better than you on the day. If you're racing, it's you against yourself in the end. Mm. You know, she's your, she was my toughest competitor. Because that mind can really play tricks on you. So it's, you know, the voices you're listening to and having that fight with, oh, shut up. No, you shut up. No, no, mm. I told you I'm winning today. <laughs> and so... Training for the English Channel in Western Australia was, um, you know, being thrown out there in the dark of the morning and, and at night in the cold with a jellyfish. It just became, you know, norm. So when I got to the channel, I did other swims. I really enjoyed the challenge. I kind of said, okay, what am I going to learn about myself today? Yeah. What am I going to learn? And that's my, that, was my, that was my goal in swims, you know, to take the pressure off winning a gold medal which is very tough to do when it's on your home soil in Perth and the Swan River at the World mm. Championships. But, um, yeah, that was most of my, that was most of my um, yeah. focus in competitions. I mentioned at the start that you were just about unbeatable on the world stage, particularly over that seven-year stretch from 88 to 95. Right in, in the middle of that, you were lucky enough to have a world championship here. Yes. In Perth. Yes. You won. Yes. In terms of career highlights, is, is that right at the top? Now you're going to make me cry. <laughs> um. Yeah, because I, I had, you know, I, I was a West Australian. I had a dream and I didn't let go of it. And Des Renford, you know, these are the days, no phone, no mobile phones, no faxes, um, you know, and I'd just done the channel. I, I, I was ranked unofficially number one in the world for three years. Yeah. I was married. It was meals on wheels at my house. My mother-in-law would, you know, I didn't know how to cook. I was a full-time school teacher. I was teaching, you know, 
uh, year nine boys, bless your hearts, you know, cooking. I'd go home, do the lesson with my mother-in-law, go back the next day. I was swimming six hours a day, three hours in the morning, three hours at night, trying to be a school teacher. I mean, talk about tough, no sponsorship. And But the people, it was people of Western Australia that got me to the English Channel, got me to my first world championship. Um, you know, it was Tim Tam drives, chook raffles, you know, yeah. all of those things. Um, and I think that, you know, my, my family that was with my in-laws, the Smiths, and that's why I kept the Smith name um, in my surname when I divorced, is that, you know, when it came to those world championships, there were so many people that had backed me, whether it was financially, emotionally and all that. Um, and so when I was standing on that shore, uh, you know, it was just, I, I could feel the, the Western Australian spirit mm. yep. and standing on that dais, oh, you know, I wish everybody could have, if everybody was there with me, Yeah. you know, and it, you know, there's nothing solo about marathon swimming. Mm. It is a team sport. There's nothing solo about swimming, mm. even in a pool. You might mm. stand there on the dais, you know, and like I did, or on the starting block or on the shore at the start and it looks like, okay, it's all about you, but there's so many other people involved it's such a team sport. Just before we go to a break, does it does it irk you at all that your particular type of swimming that you were a champion at perhaps doesn't get the the glamour and the recognition that the pool based swimming events did it kind of piss you off at the time? Oh god, yeah, yeah, it pissed me <laughs> off absolutely. I couldn't even get a West Australian Institute of Sport scholarship, and I moved to Sydney and I got the key to Sydney from the Law Mayor Frank Sartor and the New South Wales Institute of Sport just embraced me and said, yep. "Let's help you," um, and. But that's okay. You know, that it is what it is. But mm. it also, I'm not the only sport that has um, done it tough. You know, marathon swimming is now an Olympic sport with 10,000 metres. That's mm. only two hours. Um, that's a long time. You know, my shortest distance was 25K for Australia. Um, you know, I can remember sitting on a ferry going from Manly to Sydney with Melinda Gaines-Taylor. Wonderful woman, um, you know, uh, athlete. And, and, you know, 100, 200 was her best. And I said, how do you get it together in 11 seconds, Melinda? Um, you know, and she goes, how do you just, how do you hang on for seven, eight, nine, ten hours, Shelley? You know, so it was really interesting when you, you have that paradigm shift, you know. And uh, it's it's okay now because I realise that I have so many amazing stories of people. Yeah. You know, life is a team sport. And I I know that I am not, I you know, I'm a product of my environment and I'm very proud of being West Australian and in particular Australian. Yeah. As are we to have you. Uh, Shelley, we need to take another yep. break. But after that, I want to hear some of the um, the, the amazing standout stories uh, from your time in the water. Because, you know, when you're out there, just, just you and the, oh, there's some and, rippers. And the great open. <laughs> the things you see, ones. the things you come across, the things you think. Oh, God. Uh, pretty amazing. We'll get into that right after we take a break. This is Inspiring Stories. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Inspiring stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Our special guest is a seven-time world number one marathon swimming champion and, and so many other accolades. I'd be here for the whole hour uh, just listing them, but uh, that certainly sits at the top of the pile, I think. Shelley Taylor-Smith. Shelley, when you're out in the water, you hear stories from people who've done long swims about hallucinations about all sorts of crazy thoughts that they might experience when they're out there. You must have experienced some of those across your career. Yeah, cold water swims, yeah. I, yeah. I can remember we did a pre-world championship in Terracina, Italy. You know, it was fog. 
it was thunder and lightning and for some reason the Italians decided we were still going to swim and the siren goes and everybody's going, we don't swim when there's thunder and lightning. Do you in America? We don't in Australia. So off we weren't and I'm like swimming through the fog and I was actually, <laughs> I started thinking about Matthew Webb, first man to swim the English Channel and I'm just, you know, crazy stuff. Um, I can remember uh, one race, I'd been in bed all week, I'd, you know, passed out, passed out after a swim, one passed out, spent the beat the week in bed with um, uh, Giardia and, you know, mm. diarrhea and all those lovely things, you know, we get in swimming in dirty water. And um, I swam the next, don't ask me how, got up and swam 88K the following weekend. And um, I can remember being out there and I'm starting to hallucinate. And I'm I'd be exhausted that, after an 88K boat ride. Yeah, I know, I know. And, this, and th- it wasn't very, you know, the water's brown. It's just because it's flooding the mud yeah. platter. River of Argentina. So we're swimming from Hernandarias to Parana and we're coming in and, you know, and I'm imagining that my coach is is Marty Feldman looking down on me and I was freaking out, you know, with these big eyes and hanging out of the boat. And I was just, oh, yeah, just ridiculous things, you know, you yeah. think. Um, I swam Sydney to Wollongong and, um, and and I remember I'm out there and I'm, I'm I have – you know, fractured fingers and toes from banging up in front of the back of the cage and the water's dropped to 12 degrees and it's like a bucket of 12 degrees on my head every five seconds and I'm swimming and I'm imagining sharks, but there were sharks. <laughs> I'm like, I'm that hearing Noah. That wasn't a hallucination. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing Noah, Noah, and then I'm like, no, no, that was a shark I just saw. So you start to really um, you have some interesting mind games. I can and, imagine. And um, So can I ask a, a really dumb question? Go why? for it. Why? 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 Why did you do it? I loved it. <laughs> okay. I really. You must have. I really. You know, there's nothing. Um, there's nothing more. Oh, there's nothing a better feeling. Yeah. Than when you've been stretched, challenged, and Mother Nature. God, she's a tough mother. She's mm. the toughest mother on the planet. She can be really kind, and she can really throw it at you. And, um, you know, Rottness has done that to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people listening are shake, shaking their head in agreement, you know, nodding, agreeing, because they know that, hey, I got there, but, boy, it was a bitch of a swim, mm. you know. And it's tough, and I, I welcomed that. You know, people would say, um, hey, Shell, what's your best, what's your favourite race conditions? And I go, I don't have any, because I don't have a say. So I would prepare for them all, whether it's the Swan River, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, the ocean, whether it was, you know, I tell my swimmers when I'm coaching, if it's a rough day, get down there, float, get used to being tossed around like a, a, a wash, you know, you're in a washing machine. Just don't think it's going to be flat and gorgeous, you know, like it is during summer in Perth. Um, get out there and when it's rough, just allow yourself just to be thrown around and get used to it. Yeah. You can get very seasick in those, that tumble, that tumble of waves. And apart from actual real sharks, yes, you must have seen, I mean, not just hallucinating, but you must have seen for real some pretty interesting things. Oh, look, swimming around Manhattan. Mm. Yeah, you know, swimming around. I remember because I, I went for the solo record twice, yep. um, 85 and 95. 85, they're, um, you know, the QE2 stopped for me. And then, you know, going around, uh, around Wall Street and down at the Battery and, you know, the Staten Island Ferry at 5 p.m. is screaming at me, cheering me on, you know. And then I come back in 95 and um, – I had to wait for the bloody ferry and I was pissed off treading water and, whoops, sorry. And, um, you know, let it, I really let it out, which people on my boat know that I'm quite <laughs> expressive during a swim, um, but I'm passionate. And uh, lo and behold, that waiting for the ferry, actually the tide turned and I got the push. Yeah. And it was amazing up the, up the, up mm. the East River. 
and you know, I've swum where I've seen. I haven't seen dead bodies. Okay. Um, you know, the concrete boots stayed on. I then um, <laughs> I've seen some. You know, I've swum. You know, uh, whiteboards. We used to do whiteboards with messages, and um, we'd be going through the Harlem, and you know, my husband on the boat would be saying, "Don't, don't open your mouth." You know, um, and when I was on the boat, I, under- I understood when yeah, I coached people you know around, and I'd go. Okay, we're going to have a condom count. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, ribbed, no ribbed, coloured. You know, you just, it's just this, you know, amazing sight. And, but it's much clearer now and you don't see yeah. as much of the garbage yeah. that I did during the 80s. What, so very how, interesting times. You, you, you just, you'd want, you don't want to know what you're swimming through sometimes. No. You know, the smell is enough. I, I, I can imagine. The I mean, smell is it, enough. It's, it's tough enough just to, you know, get, get the shoulders turning over, let yeah, alone having to contemplate all of that. What about our river? How does our river go? Oh, it's great. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, not because I've been on the Swan River Trust board or anything, <laughs> um, but no, it's great. It's good. You know, yeah. you can't swim up, you know, East Perth those ways because of, you know, the water sometimes with the blue-green algae and that. But it's, you know, if you can get the bull sharks out, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know? There's but you've, you've got shark shields now and, you know, you, you see some of the people's... Um, Photos that people go down and with their phones and that, and taking photos and that. And the Swan River is gorgeous, and yeah. you know the coastline's gorgeous. There's some really interesting and dolphins. You know they're all there. And I actually was coaching down at Matilda Bay, Bay one day with a whole bunch of uh, triathletes, and we saw a little seahorse. Wow! You know, and I took a photo and sent it in the Swan River Trust. I mean, this it's alive. It's the Swan River is wonderful, and uh, you know, talking about you know, I'd love to see more people in the Swan River, mm. like the good old days. A disgusting question now, though. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you need an incredible amount of fuel in your body mm. uh, to to perform these sorts of feats. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, how does one relieve oneself when one's oh. in the middle of a of a long distance swim? Is is that well, yeah, by rhythms? Just, just give us the yeah. Give us um, the PG version. You don't really need to. Um, no? If you've trained your body, you know, if you've got your body into a rhythm, um, yeah. you know, your your, you know, ablutions kind of happen in a, a rhythm. So <laughs> unless you're in dirty water like I, I was and my gut had been compromised one too many times, I have – it has taken care of itself. I yep. didn't have to think about it. It just decided it would go on its own, you know. But the hardest thing swimming is peeing, you know, <laughs> having to try and pee and swim at the same time. That's the hardest thing to do in the art of open water swimming, I can tell you for a fact. Okay. Yeah, all my swimmers tell me. Um, it, it's, it takes, it's if a you reckon that's the hardest thing, that's the hardest thing. And <laughs> I reckon I'd struggle with other parts of it too, but yeah, sure. For that reason, Shelley, I'm not going to try it. No, but, um, <laughs> but you, let me tell you, um, I'll never forget we were in Sydney Harbour and I had Dawn Fraser next to me on a sea do, you know, as you head, do, yeah, as you yeah. do, as one does, yeah. you know, just the absolute amazing Australian legend, our icon, larrikin mentoring me and she came up to me in Perth in the Swan River and said, hey, Shell, what's next? And I went, oh, you know, and you've got to have your shit together. When, you know, a legend comes up and says, how can I help you? You better have your goals set up, you know. And I went, well, you know, the World Series is coming up. And is that how you're going to stay number one in the world? Oh, okay. She said, what do you need? And I said, well, you know, I've got airfares and that. So she pulled out a checkbook and wrote a check for nine grand. Wow. And she says, I'll have a sponsor for you when you get back. And she did. And um, so she helped me that year, and I talk about her still because, you know, life's a team sport, yep. and it is about support, mm. financial, emotional, whatever, you know. And so we're in Sydney Harbour. It's the last race of the year. I've set, I've swum nine marathons. I've set, you know, I'm on my ninth. I've set eight 
world race records, you know, won gold medals and everything. And here I am and you know, she's out there and, you know, and I'm trying to pee, you know, yeah. and Dawn's going, yeah. come on, that stroke rate has dropped. And, you know, my, <laughs> my husband on the boat's going, no, no, she's having a pee. <laughs> oh, Let it go. God, you know, and then my coach who ended up coaching me in Sydney's, got, you know, got on the boat. He thought he was going for a boat right that day. <laughs> Took a, a fishing rod, a book and a chair. And my husband said, mate, you're not going to need any of that. You know, coming back, you know, and, and um, my slope rate is maintaining. And then my, and then my, uh, <laughs> my coach decides to do a shark call. Like the siren on the beach, you know. Everybody's looking around thinking, oh, no. And I'm just pissing myself laughing because I know that there's no sharks. Yeah. Well, I thought there wasn't any. Yeah. And everybody's going, oh, my God, no, no, you know. And all of a sudden I started to catch up to David O'Brien, yep. the Australian male. So I'd gone from fifth to fourth to third, gone past the men's world champion, Diego Degano. And, you know, we're going along. And he and here we go. We're catching David O'Brien, you know. And um, the media are thinking, Okay, she's won two races overall this year. Mm. You know, we've heard about it, surely not. You know, he's got a lead of, you know, 2K. 1,500 to go, I passed David. Wow. And I think it wasn't that I was swimming faster. It was, I think everybody was looking back at me mm. and the shark call that mm. David started looking back. And I literally, he gave me his energy. Mm. And I came across the line and, you know, waited for David and it was Australia one and two or one and one men and women. And then that night I found out I was number one in the world overall for men and women. It was incredible. You know, it, there, are, there are not many athletes that can genuinely say that. Well, actually, Tim, no woman ever has. No. Ken has done again. And that's my legacy is that because of that, mm. the men didn't like sharing the prize money anymore. So didn't. we had uh, separate prize money, we got equal prize money for women, yep. and uh, separate rankings. And that's what I'm the proudest of is mm. being able to create equality and mm. fair play for women yep. in open water swimming. Good stuff. We've still got stacks to get through, but we are running out of time, Shelley. We need to take a break after that. I'll ask you about uh, your chronic fatigue that yep. you experienced, yeah, yeah. what it's like having a ferry named after you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and everything you, you've been up to since you, uh, since you gave up that yep. gruelling open water swimming. This is Inspiring Stories. Shelley Taylor-Smith is our special guest. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Inspiring stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Shelley Taylor-Smith is our guest in this episode. Shelley, chronic fatigue mm. hit you in the, in the late 90s. Was that your body just going, I've, I've had enough, I can't do this anymore, stop doing this to me? Yeah, well, that's the, that's the end result of flogging yourself too much. You know, mm. it wasn't just, it was just like I just kept pushing, pushing, pushing because they don't feel pain. Mm. And the body went, well, pff, you know, I know how tough you are mentally, but I'm not, I'm, I'm out of here. Mm. So the body was, uh, I was given six months to live and um, it was just, that's, you know. That's pretty dire. Yeah, yeah. I think the doctor really <laughs> wanted me to listen to him, actually. He had to say something that extreme to get you to stop. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Did, you, did, you, did you honestly feel like the, the, the time was nigh? Was it that bad? Oh, look, I could, you know, for people who have had... Um, illnesses like that, um, there's a lot, Ross River virus, things yeah. like that, you know, it, it's it's the pits. Yeah. Your mind is scrambled, it's mm. burning, it's just fried, you can't relax and, uh, you know, walking to the letterbox um, yep. is one of the hardest things and getting back up. Yeah. And mentally you become quite depressed. So 
Can Six imagine. months later for me to come back and swim Manhattan and at the end of it went, yep, yeah, okay, I respect you. I, yeah. I, I, yep. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. It's just as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, you put some of your many, many stories uh, in a book called Dangerous When Wet, which is a great name for a book. <laughs> Tell me how that came about. Oh, well, I was in fifth place. I moved to fourth, third, second. I'm yeah. side by side with Diego Degano of Argentina. Uh-huh. He goes ahead. I catch up. I go ahead. He catches back up to me. To and fro, back and forth. I go ahead. Come on, Diego, stick with me. Nancy, my coach from New York City, is hanging out at the boat saying, Shelley, for God's sake, shut up, put your head down and swim. <laughs> All the uh, Argentinians cheering Diego are banging the pots and pans and going, oh, my God, is this Aussie for real? Two kilometres from the finish, 33 kilometres from the start, six and a half hours into the marathon swim, I take a breath. There's no Diego. Oh, shit, I'm in front. <laughs> they're, you know, they're all after me. Came across the finish line, won by 59 seconds. First woman in the world ever to win a professional marathon swim. And in six hours, what was it? Seven hours, 12 minutes, 28 seconds. Breaking the women's world record by 45 minutes and the blokes too. <laughs> Um, by about 10 minutes. And Diego came up to me, he said, shilly, shilly, shilly. Gave me a kiss on each cheek. You know you're dangerous when you're wet. <laughs> and I said... That's the title I, of my uh, book. He said, have you, you <laughs> have you ever thought about becoming a mother? And I said, he said, you'll be very good at that. And I gave him a kiss and whispered in his ear, you're, you're dreaming, mate. <laughs> I only just begun. And uh, the irony about that was it was, the week, it was only two weeks after I'd been pulled out unconscious when my coach had saved my life, saved my life up in a cold swim. Yeah. And I came through and did that. And I'll never forget because I was at the uh, Irish pub, as one does, as I always did, celebrated after a swim. And Gary Carvoff came and found, found me on a payphone mm. in this pub. It was hilarious. There you go. As honours go, Shelley, and like I mentioned, you know, I've listed a few, but there are so many to get through. What about having a ferry named in your <laughs> honour? Is that I mean, that's a special kind of honour that, well, we've only got two here in, uh, in in Perth named after humans. The other one's named after an elephant. Exactly. But you're one of them. And well, I think it's quite funny because I've been wanting to put her out to pasture because she doesn't have a <laughs> your toilet fairy, on you it. Mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, my ferry, yeah. yeah. And she doesn't have a toilet on it. And after I talking about toilets <laughs> out in the river, that's quite funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, look, an absolute honour. Like you know, um, I think it's funny because you know Suzy Susie O'Neill still going with a ferry after her in Sydney and the jet cat. <laughs> And mine's done, I don't know how many laps, you know, which is quite ironic, you know, that she's doing laps and she's still going. And You're still out there crisscrossing the river. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's quite a synergy there, yeah. you know, and um, I love it. I'm, yeah. I feel very blessed. I'm very blessed. I've had a very blessed life. Well, long may she stay in the water. Um, just finally, I know you do a lot of um, motivational speaking, mm. coaching, mm. life coaching, just generally inspiring mm. people. I think anyone who's been listening the last hour will have sensed your energy and your, and your passion um, but in terms of, you know, when you speak to people, what are you hoping they take away from a, a session with you? Oh, really, you know, one of my favourite things that my dad taught me is like, get get up, get over it and get on with it, mm. you know. And I've always thought that, you know, there's always someone out there got it tougher than me. You know, have your little pity party, put your pity party hat on and woe is me. But, you know, through that, your resilience comes through. And yep. I think my life shows that getting up and getting on with it um, has shown that resilience. And that's... When those lows are the lowest of your lows, that's really your highest of your highs because that's when the character of who you really are mm. rises up above and bounces mm. back in yeah. that, that bounce back factor. So that's what I talk about is that champion mindset, yeah. creating it, and it's what you focus on. And also I now talk about 
mental health. You know, I suffered a bit with my family and a tragedy in the last 12 months and I went to some dark places. So mental health is really um, on the on the focal point for me and I'm really encouraging West Australians to come down to the ocean and get in cold water swimming. It does help depression and there's a lot of anecdotal data being done and now there's a lot of research that cold water swimming can help you have cold water showers. That's a good start. And so I'm, I'm looking at starting squads down at the ocean. I know there are some going already, but I know people that might have a bit of a fear. So I'm looking for that. And I want to say it here first, Tim, I'm swimming to Toronto in 2022. There you go. You heard Solo. it Solo. I can't believe I said Solo. that. Solo. There's no going back now. No. And that's if anyone too- who knows you, even just a little bit, Shelley, now that you've said it, I know. we know you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've got too many people. All my squad wants to train with yeah, me and they're going to hire they a few boats and watch me. And Well, good luck. I'm sure you'll show a few of the youngsters up on the day oh, too. So. No, I just really want to <laughs> raise money for mental health yeah. and, and for our youth because they're doing it, you know, they, they're they really doing it tough. Good on you. Well, it's about time we saw you get back in the water. Oh, thanks. In an open water race, Shelley. You've been <laughs> idle for too long. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing some of your stories. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR, this time with Shelley Taylor-Smith. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another inspiring story. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.